0: Everybody, welcome back to the Go In the Distance Podcast presented by Immaculate Sports.com. Twitter's at a Mac Sports. Instagram is also at a sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 165. And we're doing not bad today, other than uh than football for me. But uh, you know, that's that's a topic for another day because of course we got the usual power rankings and the MVP ladder in the NFL, but also it's uh, an interesting time in the baseball world too, Kyle.
1: So, so uh, Jets Raiders week. So that's something yeah. to point out. Uh, me, and my, me and Skyler got our rivalry going out this week uh, and going straight into the opener. How can it not be the Raiders cleaning house? Uh, it was on last Tuesday night that they did it. Uh, McDaniel's gone. Ziegler gone. Mick Lombardi, the OC, gone. Antonio Pierce becomes interim head coach. Champ Kelly becomes interim GM. It just seems like a brand new chapter for the Raiders. And I'm so happy to see you because just the vibe of everything with McDaniels, it's night and day. And you can see it in the locker room. You can see it in the practices. You can see it in the way that they play. And I know it was, you know, the victory over the Giants. But we did what any good team should do to the Giants, and that's absolutely destroy them. So I'm happy that we did that. And how could it not be my opener?
0: I'm very happy for you, man. I'm glad they, uh, you know, weren't messing around there. They got rid of all of them, you know, all that Patriots BS, man, just out of the building and obviously has made a difference already. Uh, I'm going back to back Warriors here, though, because last Friday night, the first NBA Cup game for the Warriors, they beat OKC 141 to 139 uh before this day a bunch of the players around the league were mocking the tournament they were mocking how the court looked but then when the game started when the lights turned on everyone was playing so much harder than they were the week before so i i think you know diving for loose balls and stuff the premier players wouldn't be doing this early in the season we saw it we saw it happen which is cool because uh we need and the nba to head in that direction with all the the great talent that's coming into the league. Um, speaking of that great talent, Steph Curry at 30 and the game winner with uh, just ticks left. But OKC is on their way, man. Chet Holmgren, very good. Looks like an all-star already. He's only played a couple of weeks now. Uh, great game.
1: Yeah, and that was without Shea in that game for OKC. Yeah. So kind of tells you about where they're going to be in the near future with all the draft picks that they have and the talent they have on their current roster. Let's go ahead and get into where's your head at, though. Typical football stuff where we do our AFC, NFC, and MVP top five. And after that, we'll just leave it as that right now. We're not going to say anything, but you'll know once we get there. AFC top five, those gather any honorable mentions?
0: I'll shout out Miami and Pittsburgh because those two will definitely be there until the end. But they just didn't, didn't make it this week, fortunately.
1: Number five spot for me is going to be Miami. I don't have any honorable mentions, and Miami's in the five spot, not higher, even though they have a 6-3 and record, because they haven't beaten anybody that's worth noting. It's like the Michigan team that we joked about with Alex, where they just haven't beat anybody notable. Then again, Michigan hasn't lost anybody, but Miami doesn't have any impressive wins in their six, and every single game that they've lost has been against a good team, so if you can't be the teams that are good, then you're not going to do good when it matters the most. And that's why they find themselves at the five spot and not anywhere higher.
0: Yeah. uh, Similar reasons for me having Jacksonville here at number five, nothing really spectacular, but you know, everything we've asked them to do, they've lived up to it. Um, Big game hosting the Niners this week. That is going to be awesome. Um, I don't think, that they necessarily should win this game or have to, to stick in the top five, but just, uh, you know, uh, to see how competitive they really are.
1: Yeah. Going on a number four for me is going to be where I do put the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at six and two right now, winners of five in a row and the longest win streak in the NFL. Currently, like you said, big test for them this week against the Niners. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, and have they played anybody kind of it's kind of just how their schedule works out that they're going to be in the south where you know the texans colts titans aren't really the most talented teams now obviously texans kind of have a bit more talent than what we've seen and the titans are maybe coming along as well too but I can't blame them for the schedule they have they've been one the games that,
0: that have been put on their schedule so six and two and i like what they're doing right now number four is going to be buffalo I know they're 5-4. and I know they've been uh, falling apart a little bit here, but this is a December-January team. Okay, I'm not going to judge them for Cincinnati catching them on a bad night here. I still think they're better than Jacksonville.
1: Number three for me is going to be Cincinnati. I do not have Buffalo on my list of how they've played. It's just they've been too cold to put them in. And Cincinnati has looked like one of the best teams in football over the last four weeks. It's been night and day. The first four weeks of the season, to the next four weeks after that, Joe Burrow looks completely healthy. Their offense looks good. Jamar Chase might be out for a little bit, kind of an uncertainty with his injury and yeah. his back, what's going on there. But they look as good as they've looked in the last, you know, four years, however long that they've had this kind of run, and these past four weeks. So I like what the Bengals are doing.
0: Yeah, I got the Bengals at number three. It looks like they're back. Um, Buffalo didn't really have a chance until there was about three minutes left the other night. Um, I'm excited to see what they could do, man.
1: Yeah. Number two is going to be Baltimore, sitting at seven and two, kind of snuck into the spot where they were kind of like honorable mention type team, at least for me, and then moved into the two. I think a couple weeks ago, and I've stuck there ever since. Four straight good wins, eight point win over Tennessee. 32-point win over Detroit, 7-point win over the Cardinals in AZ, and a 34-point route at home against Seattle. Very impressive win, one of the most impressive wins that we've seen this entire year. They have the Browns this week. It's going to be a fun one. I don't know about a test because they already beat the Browns 28-3 to 3 in their place, but it's a more healthy Browns team, I would say.
0: Sure. Uh, Baltimore, same at the two spot here. Um, beating the breaks off of Seattle is always good to see. Uh, the division, I think, is still open, but they have some of the more dominant wins in the NFL so far this year. So I think it's it's safe to give them a spot here at number two.
1: Those are the highest point differential in the NFL, too, something that accumulates from the blowout wins. But the number one team in the AFC is going to be the reigning Super Bowl champs. And that's something to the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't need to go into it too far because we say it every week.
0: Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about this team, though, this season, it might really just be a defensive team in disguise because they have an elite quarterback. Because they completely shut down Miami and Germany, sure. But uh, they've been relying on the defense, like almost as much as the Chets have had to this season, um, mm. which can still take you far, of course. They're still at the top, but it's just something to to watch out for.
1: Yeah, I think, so I was, I don't know where I was doing it. I don't even know if I said it to anyone, but I was thinking it is the different kind of eras that Tom Brady had with the Patriots were, you know, the Randy Moss era, the crazy defense and the offense wasn't that good era, but it still got the job done. And that's kind of what Kansas City looks like right now. I know he still has Kelsey, obviously, but there's no Terry Hill there with him. And that's how he got his first ring, second ring, obviously not Hill, but still had a bit of a better offense. If they win this year it's going to be looked at a more of a defensively dominant team with a superstar quarterback. I
0: think. Yeah.
1: Hopping into our NFC top five, those gather any honorable mentions that you got.
0: Mm, not a team, but I'll give Derek Carr an honorable mention. I thought his, his shoulder was going to be done and he's looked pretty good for a couple weeks in a row now. Yeah.
1: I have them in uh, Minnesota as my honorable mentions. I can't put a Josh Dobbs led team in my top five, but They've been good enough for these last four weeks to at least get, you know, a shout-out, so to speak. Moving to the number five spot for me is going to be where I put the Seattle Seahawks. They just got blown up against the Ravens. They didn't look good at all in that one. Their offense, with the exception, exception of a couple of chunk plays, didn't really do anything in the entire game. They now have a stretch of a, a couple games that they can win Commanders and Rams to kind of stack their record up and get back up to 7-3. and three, But the division is going to be tough unless you... At least
0: take one from the Niners or sweep them later on in the season. Also got Seattle here at the five spot. They've obviously gotten better this season. Most of us had them in the playoffs, but, you know, we we see this against Baltimore. Um, Geno Smith's not going to take them to the promised land. It's not going to happen. Won't happen ever. So they can't be higher than five anymore. I've decided.
1: Number four for me is going to be where I put the Dallas Cowboys sitting at five and three, just lost a close one in Philly. I think that's kind of, uh, obviously you want to win that game, but losing close isn't the worst thing that can happen. Obviously you can get blown out in that game and kind of demoralize everything and a stretch of winning games now with the Giants, Panthers, commanders, three games that should be winnable uh, to help boost their schedule and record eight and three. Cowboys are not in a bad spot, even though they're probably not going to win the division.
0: Yeah, we're on the same page here with Dallas at the four spot, five and three. You can't really move them up any higher after a loss, even though it was a good one, and that stretch coming up is going to be pretty easy for them. Yeah. Top
1: three spots, kind of just same stuff that I've had the past few weeks with the Niners on the bye, losers of three in a row. I couldn't move them up, couldn't move them down. Like we said with the Jags, so a big week for them in Jacksonville.
0: Here's where I decided to flip the script. I dropped Detroit. This week, um, they really needed that win against Vegas on that Monday night uh, after getting killed by Baltimore. But I just need to see a little bit more, man. They're playing at the Chargers and SoFi coming up. That's a big one for them, and I, I just need to see them win that game before they go back ahead of the Niners.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. I do have the Lions at six and two as the number two team right now. Oh. Like you said, kind of something that can flip and flop, and however you want to pick, it's kind of okay right now with being this early in the season. The Lions, with their schedule, they're probably going to end up winning more games than the Niners, unless they go on a crazy run. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the better team, as we've seen, you know, in previous years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, so sorry.
1: Oh my bad, my bad. <laughs> you had the truth.
0: I think you had a a, a cut off on uh, on the AirPod there for a second. I thought you were done. I apologize and okay. the two though what you got my two san francisco coming off of the buy um and we didn't do this last week so I, I can't really say where i would have had them before the two losses but i i'm still gonna keep them here i don't think this recent stretch tells the whole story they should be ready to roll again pretty soon but maybe i'm being too hopeful instead of just looking at the numbers we'll see yeah
1: Number one spot, though, the only 8-1 team in football right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts hasn't looked the greatest, and they're 8-1. So once he gets going, that can only tell you where that team's going to be. They have a very, very tough next five games, though. Kansas City, Buffalo, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks, away games for Kansas City, Dallas and Seattle so before the season ends with Giants Cardinals Giants it's going to be a fun five games to watch that team play
0: yeah Philly uh hasn't done anything really perfect this season yet but they put themselves in a great position here for this tough stretch and uh I brought it up a couple times but I feel like they have the least amount of weaknesses out of all these NFC teams
1: yeah that's true Let's move into to the MVP race now with our top five. I do not have any honorable mentions. Do you have any Skylar?
0: Yeah, Paulson Debo defensive <laughs> back, New Orleans. Respectable.
1: How many picks does he have? Like four? A lot. Yeah, it's Stanford yeah. Pride right there. Oh, yeah. My number five, though, arguably the best quarterback play that we've seen this entire season, CJ Stroud. Is my number five. He's only thrown one pick in his first eight career games, 14 touchdowns, seventh in yards right now. I mean, this guy looks like he's going to be amazing. He's not going to win MVP this year unless he takes the Texans to a 12-win season or something like that, which he's very, very likely not going to do. But CJ Stroud looks to be the real deal, and I have to put him out of the five spot right now.
0: Okay, I like it. I, uh, I kept... The same five I had last time, um, but I'm I'm kind of going off the odds right now. So I'm gonna have McCaffrey at the five spot. Every time this guy comes off the field, San Francisco can't move the ball. He scores every game. He, he's gonna stay at least for now.
1: Number four is gonna be where I put Mahomes. Not the flashes here by him, but what we've seen with their offense and the guys that they have. What he's done this year has been truly special, and uh, still being third in the league in yards but the guys that he has is pretty incredible. So Patty Mahomes
0: gets the fourth spot. My fourth spot's going to his old friend, Tyreek Hill, held in check in Germany, only 62 yards, but he's still projected to have 2,015 touchdowns this year. And if he can get back on track here, he's still going to be, you know, someone to watch out for.
1: Number three is going to be right for my defensive player. It's T.J. Watt. You could have made a case for, you know, any of the guys of Crosby, Garrett, or Watt in this spot. But T.J. is the guy that sticks out to me with his, you know, like we said in the past, knack for the football, how it just bounces to him sometimes. Sometimes, obviously, he makes these crazy plays and instinctual reads that, you don't know, we don't even understand because we're not like that. The stuff that he's done nine and a half sacks, six passes deflected, an interception, a couple fumble recoveries, a couple force fumbles, and a return for a touchdown, too.
0: He's crazy. Yeah. Also got TJ Watt at the three spot. Uh, Very similar to what we've been talking about here. Another sack and a big defensive win against Tennessee on Thursday, a game they probably shouldn't have won without him. Um, He is very good. Yeah, it's true. Number two spot is going to be where put
1: CMC. Still leads the league in rushing, despite the bye week last week. Nine touchdowns is second in the NFL to Ricky Mostert. Like you said, when he's in, they score. When he's not in, they struggle to do that. So, give me CMC at two.
0: I got the quarterbacks at the top two here. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. Two average games in a row will knock him down from the top spot, but I'm sure he's going to finish in the top two here, no matter what happens. So I. Guess out of respect. I'm keeping him up here.
1: Number one for me, my MVP through week nine is going to be Tyreek Hill. I know you had a rough week last week in Germany, almost said in Kansas City, uh, in Frankfurt. But it was really his first bad game of the year, or it wasn't even like a terrible game. He had, what, like six for 44 or something like that. You didn't get shut out.
0: Yeah, eight for 62.
1: Something like that. Yeah. He didn't have the crazy state, but it's not like he got one catch for 14 yards or something like that. So Tyreek still remains in the top spot. He's still on pace for 2,000 yards, I believe.
0: So give me a Reek as a number one guy. To kick off the second half of the season, my MVP right now at the top is Lamar Jackson. It's the most efficient quarterback season since Steve Young, and he's not throwing to Jerry Rice. He completed 80% of his passes in another big win last week, a domination. Right now, I I don't think you can compare him to the other quarterbacks just based off of what he's got to work with.
1: Surprised he didn't throw Geno Stone in there for his uh, six interceptions that leads football right now.
0: Yep, that's his best uh, running mate right now for the award.
1: Yeah, and the eight different running backs that the Ravens use. We're going ahead and get into... My favorite part of the episode, we have 32 of MLB's most top free agents going into the 2024 free agency that I believe has technically already started. We haven't seen any signings yet, uh, but I believe it started yesterday where teams could sign with people. Uh, just, you know, how MLB free agency goes. It takes a while for people actually to end up signing we have 32 different guys that we're going to talk about today. Not in crazy depth because we don't want to be here for eight hours, but maybe a couple of you guys in crazy depth. The first one probably has to be. It's Shohei Otani, the soon-to-be two-time MVP 29-year-old. Where's Shohei going? What do you think,
0: Scott? I got Shohei going to the Dodgers. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to a different contender, I don't think he's locked in on LA necessarily, but what I've heard is that the Dodgers are going to give him whatever he needs to stay in LA. I
1: have a few things to take into account before I get into Shohei's play on the field specifically and, and what he's going to bring to a team by signing him. You know, you're going to get the brand that comes with him. He's the most popular baseball player in the world right now. And one of the most popular you know, known baseball players that we've seen ever exist and the brand that he's going to bring with him, the viewers that he's going to bring to your team, the merchandise sales that he's going to bring to your team, his value goes beyond his contract and what you're going to be able to give him. Uh, And also there's going to be players that want to play with him. There's going to be people that are going to sign discount deals to go to whatever city that he ends up in, because they know playing with him gives them a greater chance to win a world series. Uh, And also I don't know if you want to point this as a negative, not for Shohei, but for the team is I think you're going to end up getting a contract that's like Miguel Cabrera's, where you're going to have to pay him for, you know, 11, 12, 13 years, maybe in those last few years, you might not even have him on your team or he's going to absolutely suck and be 42 years old, obviously not playing both ways at that point. It's just not going to have the same impact on the field of mind. Even be like a negative WAR player, but you're paying for those years that are right now, that are the next few years that are going to really help you get a World Series. uh, Because the impact that he has is not really something that can be. You can't just give him eighty for five years, eighty million for five years apiece or something like that. So what I did at the Dodgers, giving him eleven years for six hundred million. he gets just over half of a billion. So Shohei gets his payday and stays in the Southern California region because Anaheim is not last night's off. The next one, Oso from Japan, hasn't played in the MLB. That's Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 25-year-old. He posted a one-two-one ERA in Japan this year. He's got elite stuff. Where do you think this guy goes, skylar
0: I got Yamamoto going to the Yankees here again. It's been a very popular pick in the media so far, but the pitching is such a mess. All of New York sports are such a mess that um, I I could see a five, six, seven, even year deal, a little bigger than he would get from other teams. With you know, an unproven arm, of course, is not going to get paid as much. Um, And again, a a similar situation here where you know a couple more years on the deal will decide for Yamamoto where he's going to go yeah I think
1: there's uh the two New York teams really stand out to me for this Uh, as I said for the Yankees when we did their R team grades a couple weeks ago this was going to be a great off season for them to really flex their muscles and show hey we are the Yankees and we can pay whatever the fuck we want to to go get a guy and I think he's they're going to go ahead and do that to uh, Steve Cohen and kind of show up the Mets and give him seven years, 175 million to come and play for the Yankees. It's a little bit higher than what he's projected to get right now. But I don't think the Steinbrenners, Cashman, Boone, none of those guys are gonna care when this guy's gonna be helping them get to October uh, in the coming years.
0: Glad we're on the same page. Next guy up, Marcus Stroman. I got Marcus Stroman going to the Twins. Uh, they could be losing Sonny Gray. sitting in the open market, it's a quick, easy fix. Don't have to think about it too hard. And they were good in the playoffs. They're obviously going to want to contend again.
1: Yeah, Marcus Stroman. He's thirty-two years old, two-time All-Star. He had a decent year with the Cubs this year, posting a three-nine-five year in one hundred and thirty-six innings. Better in the first half than he was in the second half. I have Stroman being the first guy that says, hey, I want to go play with Shohei. He goes to the Dodgers three years, $60 million, $20 apiece, uh, and helps shore up that rotation in L.A. that has been, wasn't as deep as what we expected to be this year or this past year, and especially now with no, you know, Julio Urias. Next up, the 2010 NL MVP,
0: Joey Votto. I think Joey Votto needs to retire right now. Oh. I, I don't think he should go anywhere. I do have Miami, just in case, just because that's a team that's uh, – their offense is, is so, I guess, disastrous right now. They don't care who it is. They just need a body who can get on base. You know?
1: we can do that. I have Joey Votto still playing another year. It's not going to be a big deal. Only one year for $4 million. Uh, he's 40 years old at this point. He's a six time all-star, but he posted a negative war in 2023, only in 65 games out for most of the first half of the season. He did hit 14 homers. So that and the walks are kind of the one thing, one or two things. that's really, it you know, gives him MLB value. I just see a perfect scenario for him to go to Toronto and end out his year or end out his career as a Canadian, same way that it's been his entire life. And, uh, So one year, $4 million to go to the Blue Jays.
0: Sure.
1: Next up, another veteran, Ginjin Ryu, who's 36 years old, won the ERA title in 2019.
0: Where do you think he goes? I'm going to send Ryu to St. Louis. I think he just needs some kind of change of scenery here. And St. Louis kind of has to make a push, even though they don't want to, because they're paying guys so much money. And this is going to be a, a very short deal.
1: Yeah, I I'm, Ryu's not the flashiest guy. He's never been in his entire career, but he's always been a guy who gets guys out. And, you know, he's not going to throw 95. He's not going to give you anything crazy on the mound with like 20Ks or something like that. But he's going to get the job done. I'm going to Tampa Bay one year, 12 million. I think he's a guy who not going to give you 200 innings. Nobody's really going to give you 200 innings, but... He makes 20 to 25 starts, gives you 130 innings. I think that's a good job for Tampa Bay, and that's exactly what they would be looking for to get a bit more consistency in the rotation next year. Next up, he's got a long resume. He's got a 35-year-old MVP, three-time Cy Young, 10-time All-Star in 2020, World Series champ. That's Clayton Kershaw.
0: Kershaw is going to stick around with the Dodgers. Uh, I think Shohei could help this decision, too. Their pitching has been in, in shambles as well as some other teams recently with injuries and off-the-field issues that we won't get into. But if he hasn't gone to Texas already, it, I, I don't think it's going to happen. So we'll, we'll keep him in L.A. Yeah,
1: Something else to point out with Kershaw is that he's not going to be back until mid-2024 with his shoulder surgery that he got a couple days ago. Last year, he was in this exact same situation, obviously, without the injury. He signed a one year, 20 year deal or $20 million deal to go back to LA. This year, I think it's very similar. I gave him one for 18 to go back to the Dodgers. Next up is another Dodger, former Dodger, that is. And that's Jock
0: Peterson. I think Jock should stay in San Francisco. Uh, another short deal with possibly a one year opt out uh, because they can't lose the only power hitter they have right now. I'm. Again, I I don't think the Giants get uh, shut out in free agency, but I I think they're hoping for a little more than they're going to have available. Yeah. Chuck Pierce is an an interesting guy because he's a
1: guy that, you know, has the ability to go to like 20 to 25 different teams based off of what he wants because there's a whole bunch of teams that need guys that are plus left-handed hitters in the outfield I'm going with Arizona. He stays on the West Coast, 31-year-old guy, two-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, going to a team that just went to the World Series, kind of takes that Tommy Pham, Lourdes-Gurriel role, and he plays well in it. So give me Jock, two for 34 in Arizona. Next up, Liam Hendricks, the Aussie.
0: So I have Liam Hendricks going to Arizona. I, I believe he's also injured right now. Yeah, coming off Tommy John. So this could be a situation where you you know you don't have to make a switch of closer right away. Obviously, Paul Seawold is is a good player, um, but but something for the playoffs. Uh, I think this could be the perfect push here for Arizona's bullpen. And let's get Liam back with a contender. It's always fun watching him pitching in close games. Yeah,
1: Hendricks is an interesting free agent. I think the. Projection for a lot of the money that he's going to get is around five to eight million dollars this year. Thirty-four years old, so he's on you know the youngest guy. Obviously, just went through everything that he did with uh, cancer, and now he's gone into Tommy John and had that surgery a couple years ago, or not a couple years ago, a couple months ago. He only threw five innings this last year, so it's going to be really tough to really gauge, you know, how good he's going to be in the future. And of course, it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this. Because uh, he's a guy who deserves the world and is really, really yeah. good when he's healthy. I have him staying in Chicago, but with the Cubs, kind of more of a culture type guy. I think yeah. that's something I that could really fit there. So I give him two years, ten million dollars. Not a crazy flashy deal, uh, but he'll be thirty-six when that deals up, and I think at that point might be point might be time to call it. Next up, guy who's going to get paid a ton. That's Cody Bellinger.
0: I got Bellinger leaving. He's going to the Yankees. The Yankees love their lefties, Uh, you know, despite the rumors of they want to settle for Kiermaier. They, come on, they got to know that that's ridiculous. They can't do that. So go get somebody. And Bellinger should be perfect for Yankee Stadium.
1: Belly's an interesting guy because there's a few different directions that it can go. I saw a deal where he... Gets 12 years, like $260 million, to go play in New York. I don't think that's how it's going to go. I think he stays in Chicago with the Cubs. I gave him eight for 170 He's an MVP, 210 All-Star. This guy, I feel like it's more of a sure thing with him staying in Chicago, uh, that production that you're going to get, than it is anywhere else. Because uh, he's been a guy who this year... Obviously performed a lot better, but his hard hit rates and stuff like that really weren't too impressive for what would, what his numbers were, peripheral-wise. So I think he stays at Chicago.
0: Next up, Justin Turner. If I'm Boston, I'm going to try to keep this guy as uh, as hard as I can, but I don't think it's going to play out that way. I have Justin Turner going to the Marlins. They can't ask any more questions about who's available, who's interested, who can we trade for. It's it's getting too late. You know, the GM's already been fired. And uh I, I know it was with off-the-field stuff, but they they can't care how old he is. He had a great year in Boston. They just gotta get guys in the building before this, you know, this era of cheap pitching and uh and contact runs out. Yeah.
1: Dustin Turner is a guy who is really good and supposed to career high in RBIs in 2023. And I know that's not a like a stat that's really prevalent in today's game, but to post a career high when you're 38 years old is something else. And Justin Turner is a guy who has made a living from his second half of his career. Uh, and I think he's going to get another decently sized contract. And it's going to go to Arizona two years, 30 million upgrade for Longo. I assume that he's leaving. Uh, And Justin Turner would fill in and kind of be an upgrade to that spot. And again, another good guy to help lead those young guys in Arizona. guy who's been in the World Series and won in the past. Next up is Eduardo Rodriguez.
0: I got Erod going back to Boston. Uh, He doesn't want to go to the West Coast with his family and his health issues. So, uh, you know, that seems close enough to the East Coast, right? He's from Miami. Um, Go back to Boston.
1: Sometimes the money speaks, and you got to go to the West Coast, there. I gave had the Padres giving him four for $80 million. Uh, he's 30 years old, posted his best season of his career last year. San Diego is a guy or a team that likes to capitalize on dudes who just had their career years and give them a ton of money. And that, I think that's exactly what happens here. Next up, Hader Raid, five time All Star, three time League of the Year, likely a fourth coming this year. Keather, where do you think Josh Hader goes?
0: Go to Texas. Uh, it's the big rumor, and I love it. Replace Aroldis Chapman.
1: Yeah. this. If I had to bet on one guy not being Clayton Kershaw going back to L.A., I would bet on Josh Hader going to Texas. They just won the World Series, and they have won. If it were a need to be called, it's closer. And Josh Hader is the best closer in the game and has been for the last few years now at this point. I have him six for one hundred and twenty. I think he fits in well there, uh, especially Texas culture too. So uh, not just the Rangers, but Josh Hader goes real to, cowboy. Yeah, he goes to Arlington. Next up, Teoscar Hernandez coming off of a interesting year in Seattle.
0: Yeah, I think Teoscar is going to take a, a little less to go to Boston. Uh, they could use him as a DH or even split time with Yoshida because I, I don't know if either one of them are that great in the corner. Um, but th- they should be contenders. And after watching their rivals spend all this money, at least we're projecting them to, they, uh, they're they going to get a little anxious here.
1: Hey, Oscar is an interesting guy. He's 31 years old, two-time silver slugger, so he's got the bat. Uh, 2.1 more in 2023, which is not his greatest season, but he's a guy who has impact on both sides of the ball. Uh, And with Solaire leaving in Miami, I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to go get a slightly above average corner outfielder in Teoscar Hernandez. I haven't given him four years for $75 million.
0: Matt Chapman. San Francisco, you just got to do it. Come on. Bob Melvin's coming back. You could. I, I don't care if you have JD Davis. I don't care at all. And again, another team that is, um, you know, been been big buyers to to the media, but haven't really gotten it done. They're probably going to end up giving Matt Chapman way too much. Maybe even seven years.
1: Yeah, Bob Chapman also going to the Giants. I don't think it's going to be seven years. I get. I did five for one twenty. He fits in with Bo Mel and they're probably going to get some other signings in the tier below Matt Chapman this offseason as well, too. And for him to, I wouldn't call it be the guy in San Francisco, but to be to be, to be a poster guy, you know, a captain guy, a giveaway type guy, bobblehead guy in San, Frances- San Francisco back in the Bay Area is something that I think would make a lot of sense. Next up. Jorge Soler, 2021 World Series MVP.
0: It just seems like the kind of move that the Mets are going to make for Solo. here. Uh, they say they aren't going to spend. They're waiting until next year, but they're going to do something. And uh, maybe this is a guy you don't have to spend a lot for if uh, he really wants to, to come to the Mets. Yeah. This is his
1: first year being an All-Star. You know, he had a good year. He had a really good year back in 2019 when he hit 48 homers. uh, And to help, suffice for losing Shohei Otani, I have the Angels giving him three years for $50 million. Nothing helps the loss of a cornerstone in the franchise than a power bat that's going to hit a few 480-foot home home runs this year. Next up is Reese Hoskins, who's coming off an ACL tear. Skyler, where do you think he goes?
0: I think he goes back to Philly. I think Philly's going to do their due diligence on Matt Chapman, but I I really think it's San Francisco, so they're going to settle with Hoskins.
1: Yeah, Reese Hoskins was a guy who, going into 2023, was prepared to have a good year and then get paid a lot of money in free agency because he's a guy who can hit 125 OPS plus in his career, so he's been good throughout. He's only 30 years old. But the ACL tear kind of just changed everything. Whether he was going to stay in Philly or not, I wasn't really too sure. I'm going to the Bay Area, going to the Giants on a one-year, $20 million kind of prove-it type deal, uh, where if he does good this year and you know posts that $125 to 130 OPS plus, he can go ahead and, and cash out into a five- or six-year deal right after that.
0: Next up, Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, I have... Staying with Philadelphia, the GM has said it's a major priority to get him back. And I think, honestly, they can convince him to come back for, for either cheap or a one or two year. Uh, it may be tricky because this guy has been elite. But if you have Trey Turner and Harper in on it, too, like, hey, come on, one more ride, one more ride. It's possible. Yeah.
1: They might be able to do that, Skyler, for the guy who has been one of the most consistent pitchers in the MLB since 2018. He's been – I don't think he's missed a single start. He has three top seven Cy Young placements, all-star in 2018. Only being a one-timer is kind of shocking. But, you know, they would be able to convince them if Steve Cohen didn't bring out the Brinks truck and give him $180 million over seven years to get him to the Big Apple – I think that would be the thing that could do it. You know, how does Nola feel about leaving Philly to go to a team like New York? I'm not too sure, but if he wants to become the villain, the villain overnight, that would be the way to do it. And Steve Cohen might make it to the point where he can't resist, and that would be the perfect guy to add to the Mets rotation because he doesn't miss starts. But if he goes to the Mets, he'll probably get Tommy John within a year and a half or
0: something like that. <laughs> Next up, Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito going to Baltimore on a short deal. Uh, baltimores they're just one of those teams. They're going to grab one of these starters. The order in which they go and where they're headed is going to be completely random, like it is every year. But uh, we'll say that Baltimore chooses Giolito. Good track record. I like
1: that. I decided to go in a bit of a different direction direction again another guy who's been healthy for then pretty much the entirety of his career he's 29 years old so his age isn't going to be a problem he was not good this year and that's probably the biggest thing with lucas giolito in in helping him find a home he's going to find one uh but i think it's not going to be on a long-term deal uh and so i have him going and playing with one of his boys from high school at harvard westlake that's max freed in atlanta one year nineteen million dollars he becomes a five starter in Atlanta for a year next up probably gonna be the second biggest contract that we see in free agency that's Blake Snell.
0: So uh like you were saying earlier there's certain players around the league that um other guys are, are just gonna tend to follow and I, I think that's gonna happen here with Blake Snell going to the Dodgers. They need an ace lots of injuries And obviously Shohei's not going to pitch this year, but they should get it done. They should.
1: This is a guy, soon to be two-time Cy Young winner once he gets announced in a couple weeks. Uh, 31 years old. He's either really dominant or his command's a little bit off and he gets hit around, but he's still really, really good. So the framework for his deal that I had was Carlos Rodon's six-year $162 million deal he got last year I think Snell's been better so I don't think he's getting less and he's getting more years than what Rodon ended up getting and uh, one of the reasons why the Phillies couldn't sign on Aaron Nola was because they got Blake Snell they gave him seven years 225 million dollars they give him an absolute bag to help be the co-ace in Philly with Zach Wheeler and I think I mean who who, who says no to 225 million Shohei? That's about it. So next up, another lefty, Jordan
0: Montgomery. Man, you know before we move on to Montgomery, I I love that Blake Snow to Philly pick. It's happened a bunch in my my MLB The Show rebuilds, and uh, they always get me, man. But Jordan Montgomery, here's where San Francisco steps up. They're going to give this guy whatever he wants. The last lefty they signed, it, it didn't work very well. They need another one, and. Again, I don't think they care that he's old. I think they, they see what he's been able to do in the playoffs over his career, and that's going to be enough for him.
1: Jordan Montgomery, he's been really good over the last three years. 3-8-3 three, three year in 2021, 3-4-8 in 2022, and a 3-2 this year uh, in the split time that he had in St. Louis and Texas. We saw what he did in the playoffs. He's going to be 31 come opening day. So I think San Diego just throws him a bag because why not? I I had five for one thirty, So just around that $25 million a year mark, I think it ended up being 26 do the math there. Uh, But I think that works for Montgomery. Let's go to California, pitch on the West coast, something he hasn't quite done yet in his career. A lot of money from the team. Who's trying to get back in the pennant race this year.
0: Next up, uh, Luis Severino severino i have going to the brewers um i, I think they're going to take a shot on somebody because they have so many injuries in the the starting pitching room again like so many of the other teams going for these pitchers are and Severino's obviously near the bottom of that list so milwaukee's not going to have to pay him that much well around 12 million is your projection something like that maybe i
1: had
0: 13 million okay for yeah. severino
1: I mean, he was good at some point in his career, but that was 2017, 2018. He was terrible in 2023, but he's going to get paid in the way that I think Jack Flaherty's going to get paid. I think he's, well, Severino, I don't think he's going to a multi-year deal. I think Flaherty does, but Severino is getting paid with the hope that he can return to that form that he was a couple years ago, or more than a couple years ago, not at this point. Uh, so I think he gets one for 13, uh, going to Pittsburgh. Is a spot that kind of can use the potential of Luis Severino. They're not going to be, you know, competing in the division most likely unless they completely turn around the rebuild uh, that hasn't looked the greatest of this past year. But Severino could be a guy that maybe they flip at the trade deadline if, or if things go well, they could keep throughout the entire year. Next up,
0: J.D. Martinez. I got J.D. Martinez going to the Angels. Uh, I think they say, fuck it, he could still play, and we need to put some uh, you know bodies in the seats this season. Even though they have Mike Trout, it's just going to be a little different without Shohei.
1: Yeah. J.D. Martinez, he posted his best season since 2019 this year, and that's saying something, because J.D. Martinez has had some really good years in his career. I think he stays in the same spot that it was this year. I'm staying in L.A. with the Dodgers, two years, 30 million. So it gets some about as much longevity that you can have for a 36 year old. And he gets to hit in a great lineup with Shohei Otani and
0: Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Except Frankie Montas. I got Montas going to the tigers. Uh, a couple guys leaving from Detroit in our simulation here and they got nothing to lose. Go get some more arms.
1: Yeah. Uh, Frankie Montas is an interesting one. He was pretty much out all of 2023 except for the ending that he threw in the last day of the season. That was a good moral story, but it doesn't really do much for me right now except for showing that he should be ready come 2024 spring training. He's only 30 years old. I think that works out well for him. He's not going to get a long-term deal from anybody. But I think Houston steps up and gives him one for 12 uh, again, kind of like one of those prove deals Or if you do good this year, he could be in line for, you know, probably a four- or five-year deal uh, in the coming offseason.
0: Next up, Adam Duvall. The uh, Bay Area legend is going to go to the Phillies here. The Phillies tried to get him at the deadline this season. They couldn't get it done in time, so he's going to take a smaller deal to go with them.
1: I have Adam Duvall going to Milwaukee. Uh, he's an interesting hitter where sometimes he just feels like one of the best hitters in the game. And sometimes he just slows down and has a bad month. Uh, I think he fits in well in Milwaukee where that's kind of exactly what the Brewers have done the last like three or four years at this point. point, uh, two years, 25 million for the 35 year olds and so nothing too crazy. Uh, and he gets to play pretty much every day over there in the brew crew,
0: Michael Waka. Walker. Michael Waka has been linked to Cincinnati A little bit this year. Good numbers. It's just not worth the qualifying offer from San Diego. So, um, you know, qualifying is 20. Maybe he gets 13 like uh, Severino. Michael Walker, I
1: haven't given 15 a year over three. Uh, you had Giolito going to Baltimore. I have Waka going there. He's been a guy who has kind of quietly put up good numbers over the last three, four years, ever since 2020. He's had pretty much good years since uh, whether that was with Boston or Tampa or San Diego. I think he kind of catches out on a bit of a long-term deal, 3 for 45 with Baltimore in the offseason. Next up is Jack Clarity.
0: So San Diego's been the odd team out. Uh, with all these pitchers so far, they're finally going to get one here with Jack Flaherty. Um, again, it's it's confusing with them. Uh, we don't know which which Jay Flair we're going to get this season, but I think San Diego's willing to take that risk.
1: Yeah. Like I said, for Luis Severino, you're paying for the younger version of these guys and the potential that they have to get back to that Uh, If Jack Clarity was 32 and he pitched good four or five years ago, he probably gets a one-year deal somewhere, whatever happens. With him being 28 and being about as young as a pre-agent as you can be, that's going to help him get in a couple more years on his contract. And I think the Angels are a perfect team for him. where He's going back to LA, kind of where he grew up, Harvard Westlake, another guy just like Giolito and Max Fried. He gets three years for $40 million. Solid deal and becomes a four starter five starter, four three starter in la maybe next up jamer candelario one of our favorites
0: oh yeah i got my Candelario getting four years from toronto i feel like they're missing something in their offense um and, and it could be a good fit this is a guy who's just been tearing it up and nobody cares but uh he's gonna finally get paid
1: Yeah, he had a really good year last year. The year before that, not so much, but the year before that, he was good again too. So the the on and off streak has been something we've seen from Chamber these last few years. I have him going to Miami. Uh, I don't think he's going to be crazy long-term, even though he's going to be only 30 once he comes around to opening day. Uh, So I have him three years, $50 million to play, you know, third, first, DH, maybe a corner outfield spot, Miami, a team who made the playoffs last year. Next up is uh, Tim Anderson. A very interesting one here together. What route did you go with T.A.?
0: I went with a one-year deal with the Giants. Uh, again, they they probably don't exactly know where they want him to play or hit in the lineup. And it's possible he gets cut halfway through the season. But it's, it's when you're the Giants and you're making all these big moves for the new manager and The front office is getting a little anxious and you almost got Aaron judge and you almost got Correa. You just got to go after somebody. And I think they're going to be stuck picking between the bottom and Tim Anderson's the biggest name there.
1: Yeah. Tim Anderson is a name. Uh, However, his baseball production in 2023 was non-existent and it was negative because he had a negative 2.0 WAR in 2023. So that tells you how bad he is or was his past year However, he's going to get signed somewhere. That's just how it's going to go for this guy. Uh, and as much as I would hate this, I would not him a one-year, $8 million deal with the A's because we kind of need a shortstop. And that would be hilarious. Signing TA would maybe put a few more seats or maybe a few more seats being filled uh, come opening day and another jersey-type guy for the A's to try to sell or give him a poster day or something like that. But uh, I would hate it if we did it. But I saw it predicted a couple times. I'm like, oh, gosh, that kind of does make sense. So Tim Anderson to Oakland. Next up, Aroldis Chapman, one of the best relievers in the 2010 seven-time All-Star reliever of the year a few years back. Where do you have him going?
0: I haven't taken another short deal here with the questionable team the angels and most likely will be traded at the deadline i just feel like he's not gonna sign right away with a top tier team that's just been his style now past couple years
1: yeah i have a role to the angels were a team that i was really thinking about with him i decided to go with the chicago white Sox. uh two years 25 million dollars so he gets you know decent money likely going to be traded at the deadline or next year whatever it is uh he's just trying to get his immaculate grid numbers up now at this point it's, that's what it's been and a you know gets paid from a team that kind of needs a closer next up Lourdes guriel jr where do have him going
0: I have him going to Seattle. Actually, here I thought about this one for a while. I talked to my uh, Mariners consultant Dilly. He didn't like it, but I'm still sticking with him. You have cash. Teoscar's gone. You got to put somebody in that spot, and I think it just ends up being Lourdes Guriel here.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting one. Where he first time All Star this year, even though it's probably not his best year. I think he's a bit better in 2021. But he plays good defense. He has some interesting, you know, offensive ability. This switch between left and right-handed pitchers on how he does against them is pretty interesting. But he's going to find a job. And I think it's three for 45. And with Eddie Rosario being gone in Atlanta, I think he goes in and fills that role and takes that, that left field spot and occasional, you know, to start at third base or first base, whatever it is, uh, and, and plays that role over there in Atlanta rather than having to be like a Nicky Lopez or Kevin Pilar type guy. Two more. This one's, this one's fun, Skyler. I like yeah. this guy a lot. Jung Huli, 25 years old, was going to get paid a, maybe a bit more this year. However, he broke his ankle in July. Uh, one of the best contact hitters in the KBO. Doesn't have a ton of power, but he hit 21 homers in 2022. And that's kind of been the, oh, shit, maybe this guy can really translate it over to the MLB overseas.
0: Where do you think Jung Ho Lee goes? I have him going to San Diego. It's a buying team on the West Coast. By the time he's ready to go, they may be looking to trade their superstar outfielder, Juan Soto. And I don't even have a contract contract prediction I just wanted to hear yours because I have no idea how I would scale it now.
1: I have not also going to the West Coast. I have him 5 for 70 is what I have. I saw some projections as low as 10 per year. However, I think that's pretty shittily projected based off of what I've seen from him and his numbers over in Korea. Maybe it's because of the ankle and it's something I don't know. And these guys did a bit more research than I did. But five for seventy. I'm going to the Giants. Uh, he's a guy who can kind of play all three outfield spots. We'll see how how much it affects his mobility with the broken ankle. He's a guy who has a good amount of speed too. If the power's there, and he comes back to being the player that he was before the injury, this is going to be a huge signing for the Giants. This is a guy who has all-star potential and can really, you know, help this top of your lineup for the Giants. If he becomes that, that's amazing. If he doesn't, I don't know what would be a good comp from, like an Ender Yarte type guy. Uh, and even at that, you know, Ender Yarte was good for a couple years. Yeah, that.
0: It's better than but, what uh, they got.
1: Yeah, I think I like Jung Huli a lot. If he's good, I think it's worth the risk to take for paying him. Last one, one of our favorites, Sonny Gray. I get a good payday. He's thirty-four years thirty-four years old today, actually. So shout out Sonny Gray and happy birthday to him. Yeah. Two time top three Cy Young finisher once in 2015. And once again this year. So an eight year difference in that. What do you think the, the three time all star goes?
0: I have Sonny swapping positions here with Marcus Strowman. He's gonna to go to the Cubs. They're prioritizing starting pitchers. They only have four right now on the uh, on the big league roster and they haven't gotten anyone yet. So perfect situation. It ends up flipping Stroman with Sonny Gray and uh, could actually happen in real life. Yeah, I have
1: Sonny Gray going to Texas and pitching for the Rangers, the World Series champions, Jordan Montgomery's gone. They didn't really get anyone else. And so Sonny Gray comes in and fills the role that would be needed. Uh, Three years for $65 million for the bet. These uh, guys, there's a good amount of innings, not going to, you know, overpower you with anything crazy, but the way that, that he makes the ball move is insane. So Sonny gets a good deal over in Texas. I think it works out well for for everybody in that. So that's our uh, 32 different free agents that we had. I know there's maybe a few guys that were better than a few of the guys that we didn't talk about. I know we didn't do Jordan Hicks. I know we didn't do Mitch Garver. uh so I'm sorry for not doing those. Didn't didn't do Tony to Kemp. for ages. Tony Kemp's another that we didn't do. Uh, we'll see how these 32 free agent predictions go. It's always fun to do these. We do them for pretty much every sport. Maybe not basketball because of how crazy and how stupid free agency is for them. But since the second half, <laughs> yeah, and get into Scatter's big
0: halftime show here yeah so we're kicking off halftime with the first official podcast mock draft of the year Kyle hasn't heard this yet I kept it away from him on purpose I'm sending it around to get some feedback but let's just get right into it we'll we'll talk about the top 10 here Um, the number one pick as of right now it's Arizona it's the Cardinals but Kyler Murray is coming back I have a feeling they're going to stick with him so I have the Giants trading up Danny Dimes, he's done dirty. But the ACL tear is going to make this decision a lot easier for him. they got to move on. Number two, you're not going to like it, but the Chicago Bears will be looking to trade down. And they're going to do it with a team that they know is not going to steal a player for them from them here, like Marvin Harrison Jr. So I have the Broncos coming up for a quarterback, Drake May. Peyton and Russ clearly don't get along. I think that one of these... um, a team's picking around 12 is going to have to trade up for somebody because otherwise they're, they're going to be left out. There's no one in free agency. Number three, though, the bears are going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Like I was saying, if they're trading down here, they, they got to make sure no one's taking this guy because this is their guy. He's probably the best player in the entire class. They just extended Montez sweat. So you don't need to take an edge rusher here. Big help for Justin Fields. Number four, Arizona. They trade back from one. Seems like they're sticking with Kyler so far. So I have them trading back and taking best player available, Brock Bowers. Number five, the Patriots. Mac Jones doesn't seem like the problem. It's a very unpatriot like pick from them here. But I think the right pick is Olu fashanu Left tackle, Penn State. Number six, the Rams. Again, it's it's a lot harder to find a good tackle over a, an edge player. So I have not taking Talies Fuaga. He's a right tackle from Oregon State. Um, ridiculous athlete. I think he's 6'6", too. He's going to fly down the boards, if you haven't heard of him yet. Uh, number seven, another tackle. The Packers are going to take their Bakhtiari replacement and Joe Walt from Notre Dame. Number eight, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got to take a shot in the playmaker before everyone gets fired. So Michael Penix, Jr., the quarterback from Washington. Number nine, the pick that Dallas traded, sorry, Chicago traded back. It's now number nine, Dallas Turner, edge rusher from Alabama. Iberflus won't be able to help himself, man. He's going to take one of these edge rushers. Uh, and number 10, a boring pick, but let's get Will Levis some protection, Tennessee. Amarius Mims, athletic tackle from Georgia. Uh, I know there's probably a couple more you want to hear, so we'll go through some notables. At number 12, uh, it's the Falcons. Arthur Smith just benched Desmond Ritter. I haven't taken Bo Nix from Oregon. Bo Nix is really good on third down. It's possible that even though he's not the highest ranked quarterback on this list, that he could be perfect for their scheme. And, uh, you know, they don't care about that. They, they've they been benching Bijan Robinson this year. Um, mm-hmm. 15, the Raiders. I have Kool-Aid McKinstry slipping a little bit, so the Raiders go best player available. No, know you okay. would like that. Yeah, I'd cool with that. Yeah, uh, and some other corners available. Kalen King from Penn State and Cooper Dejean from Iowa have been also pretty good this year. Uh, but at 17, I have the Jets taking J.C. Latham, Alabama right tackle, immediately starts for the Jets. They need some help, man. Um, the Niners, uh, I hear you, Niners fans. At 26, I'm going to give you Kamari Lassiter, cornerback number one at Georgia. They just need a corner number two, is all I've, I've yeah. heard from them. And at 31, I'm going to have a little fun here. Kansas City taking Johnny Wilson, the six foot seven receiver from Florida State. He's six oh foot seven. That would be terrible. Bro. That would be so much fun, <laughs> and that's that. Pretty much wraps up the mock draft here. If you have any other players that you're uh, curious about, let me know. Um, but yeah, I just want to have some fun.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good list. It's a it's weird with the you know now the potential of the Giants getting Caleb Williams and that potentially being a thing. How that goes with Daniel Jones because. I know he's in a contract. They already paid him. That's going to be something that they're going to have to eat money for at least, you know, a year or two. I'm not sure how the guaranteed money exactly works in that deal, but they're going to have to end up doing something with him. And it would... It would be something seeing Caleb Williams in the Big Apple. That would, you know, that would make a lot of sense there. Because uh, it's... I don't know. It's just so weird with how the this draft is structured uh, with the... You know, the, the teams that are likely going to get the number one pick, not exactly directly needing a quarterback. Yeah.
0: Well, um, always good to talk about. Uh, I'm sure there will be many more of these to come throughout draft seasons, but we're not quite there yet. So uh, let's get into some games some of these dudes are going to be playing. The college football week 11 preview. Three pretty good games I wanted to highlight here. We'll start off with number nine, Ole Miss, at number two, Georgia. The Bulldogs have been perfect, 9-0 so far, but the Rebels put up 40 a game. This one should be pretty good. I, I still think the Bulldogs should take care of business, but you never know in the SEC, man. Next game here, we got the USC Trojans, who have been struggling. They just fired their DC Alex Grinch. It's kind of a disaster with Caleb Williams um, in the media. But I think he's going to be fine on the field. They're going at number six, Oregon. That's going to be tough. They're not going to win, but this is going to be an absolute shootout. Pac-12 after dark, I'll be watching, 100%. And the last game, I guess we have to do it. Uh, number three, Michigan is is going going to Penn State. They're number 10. It's a tough one on the road for Michigan, of course, but they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. Against a team who recently shut down Ohio State, except for Marvin Harrison, who had 11, 162 in the game winning touchdown, but still should be a low scoring old Big Ten game, man. Well, oh, that's
1: a nine a, nine a.m. game. Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: In Penn State. Wow.
0: Won't be a good one for sure. And that's what I got for now. You also got Washington Utah, but we don't need to get too much into that. I think the Huskies got it at home. So. It's moving on. Let's move on to our bets, slips,
1: bold predictions, and let's get on out of here. Last week was a rough week for us, only one that was right out of our four picks was my layup, and that was Cleveland minus eight versus Arizona. Ended up being a shutout victory for the Browns. Kind of saw that one coming, and so that's a good bet there. Let's go on Ole Miss minus three versus Tamu. They pushed. And they pushed, so... Unfortunately, that's wrong for Scalar, but still maybe projected it exactly correct. Uh, this week, bold prediction, or not bull prediction, this one's a layup. I got the Raiders, my, or plus one and a half versus the Jets. I got to do it together. Right. I don't know. You can, if talk we about can it. take it how you want, Scalar, but uh, we look good right now. The defense looks solid. And your guys' defense is good, I'll give you that, but a 10 to seven
0: win for the Raiders would would hit that. Yes, it would. Um, as of today, I have no confidence in the Jets anymore. When Zach Wilson's out there, even today, I mean, I, I don't know if you've even seen it yet, but Robert Sala was asked if he thought oh, about yeah. moving to Trevor Simeon. And he's not, he says it's not up to him. Somebody else is telling him he has to play Zach Wilson. This is going to end poorly. Rodgers is not coming back. It's all bullshit. And we're going to have a terrible finish to the season. That's what I think.
1: It's not coming back? You don't think Rodgers is coming back?
0: At this point, I think they're going to tell him not to.
1: It's it's a weird spot in the AFC where you kind of have to go 11-6 and six
0: yeah. to get in.
1: And that is going to be ridiculously crazy to do for a lot of these teams. But should be a fun playoff race for all the teams that are making it. Bull yeah. predictions. Oh, wait. No. Yeah,
0: I, still, I I had to get my just ran out of the way. But my layup is going to be uh, the 22nd ranked Jayhawks of Kansas covering three and a half at home against Texas Tech. Uh, Tech's not very good. Kansas is undefeated at home. They should win by a touchdown.
1: Yeah. Last week, full prediction I had Tennessee over Pittsburgh on TNF. It almost happened, but it did it with the good fourth quarter from Kenny Pickett. So that's red there. Scalar had Tampa Bay over Houston. Of- it almost was right until six seconds left when CJ Stroud struck and made another great play. Uh, this week, I have the Houston Rockets over the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday. So that's tomorrow. I didn't find a ton of games that I was in love with, though. The Lakers haven't been good to start the season. The Rockets have had a couple nice wins in the first few weeks of the season. I think they get a good one at home against the Lakers on
0: Okay. Yeah. Houston's been not great, but a little better than I expected them to for sure. Uh, And my bold prediction, some more college football. Um, I got Rutgers over Iowa. I am just sick of seeing Iowa being ranked and uh, let's, let's just have them lose again. That seems to happen. As soon as they get ranked, they lose a game. They should win. Rutgers has played everyone tough except for Michigan this year. So I think they can do it. And I, I'm going to take that risk just like all those baseball teams did with those pitchers who are probably going to wreck their arms immediately. But uh, it's how it goes, man. And I had some fun today, Kyle. Yeah, I did too. Uh, Other layup, I guess, we'll go to the
1: UCSB basketball team, getting a double on Thursday against Portland State. Why not? We got that opening day. I'm looking at our schedule right now. I'm trying to see if we play any, like, Crazy teams, and Just Irvine, pepper nine. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. UTEP, Texas okay. El Paso, next week. Possible 15 seed. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but that's gonna do it for episode 165. let go. Is anything else to say?
0: I hope we don't get embarrassed too bad against the Raiders. That's all I'll say. That would be very sad for me.
1: You're trying to use this reverse psychology right now,
0: Miss I am not kidding at all. I'm sick of this shit. I I think it's going to be a total disaster because that's how it goes every single year.
1: Okay. All right. but anyways, but good luck. Yeah, same, same <laughs> to you, Keller. Let's tie. That's gonna do it. We will. That would help nobody. <laughs> that would literally help nobody. Next week, though. We will know what happened in the game between the Jets and the Raiders. We will probably have the beginning of moves being made in free agency for the MLB. We will have more news on basketball. We will have more games played in the NFL season to help us understand what the hell is going on in the NFC. And uh, I don't
0: know, something else. Yeah. I mean, we we should see some five starters and – some power hitters get signed. I, I don't know uh, if we're going to see any more than that, though. Yeah,
1: it's kind of a good year for that stuff and yeah. for agency. And that's about it. Well, yeah. Uh,
0: 166 next Tuesday nights. Go Jets. Go Raiders. Congratulations, man.
1: Congratulations.